everyone, back to the Disney Coffee Chat. I am here uh, solo again today to chat with you about some cool new topics that um, some of my friends and family have asked me about in the past. So I started writing some things down and I'm excited to get them out uh, with you today so we can chat, chat a little bit about them. Lucy is... Uh, cleaning out her closets. She got a lot of new clothes that she asked for for Christmas, for the holidays. So she needs to make some room in her closet. So she's cleaning out her closets today. She's a little busy. And some of the things that I'm going to talk about are honestly are more about like budgets and planning. She's not really that into it. So I kind of let her off the hook again today. So unfortunately, it's just me. Um, but before I get started, I just want to thank everyone who's been listening to us so far, even though, like I said, it's probably my mom and my friends. Um, but I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the support. It's nice to see the download numbers going up here and there. I also, um, want to thank people who are starting to check out some of our, uh, items for sale in our Etsy shop, which is Black Pearls and Pixies. Uh, we have some new designs up. We also have some new designs in tpublic.com. I also have three new designers that are coming up with some really creative, fun um, Disney-themed uh, designs for us to put on some products. So I'm really excited about that. That'll come out hopefully in the next few weeks. We also have some merchandise that we are going to uh, post up on our social media sites. So that's a Disney Coffee Chat on Instagram, Disney Coffee Chat on Facebook, and you can always email us at DisneyCoffeeChat at gmail.com. So uh, check that out. Talk to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have anything that we can talk about that will interest you. And what I'm actually doing right now is I'm going to start a little bit of a series with me and uh, some guests possibly in the future where I talk about how I have plans for Disney in the past. So I have been going to Disney. My first trip was in 1986. We talked about this uh, in another episode where my mom was a guest. I went to celebrate my finishing my treatment for, sorry, that's my phone, finishing my treatment for leukemia. I was diagnosed with leukemia in 1983. I'm originally from Brazil. My mom and I came here to get treatment for me. Uh, and then she got remarried and my, my stepdad, who I will, who I call my dad on this podcast, and then I call my biological father my father so if you hear me using dad and father they are two separate people but um we went to disney world the first time to kind of like celebrate that it was our, like our celebration trip my aunt came with us my cousins and that's when we really kind of fell in love with disney and why it means so much to us personally in in, in a, like an emotional connection um, since then, I had been several times after that when I was younger, then when I was a teenager, and then when I was like in college, uh, after I got married, and then obviously after I had kids. And I think after I had kids was when it really came back to me um, hardcore, where I, I felt like I really wanted to go back every year. I couldn't get enough. But the the times in between, um, I, I was able to go. I was able to go at one point almost once, sometimes twice a year. And I do not have a lot of money. I um I was very broke sometimes. And in the past, uh, I, I was sitting at work with my partner. I, I'm an EMT. And uh, they would ask, what you doing? You know, and I say, oh, well, you know, I'm planning a Disney trip. 
well, didn't you just come back from Disney? Yeah, I did. But, you know, I'm, I'm going again at the end of the year, I would say. And then how do you go to Disney so often? And I said, well, there's a couple of things that I do. Uh, and uh, it's actually not as uh, expensive or, you know, uh, out there as you as you may think it is. Um, and so there's been times that I've sat down and I pulled out a pen and paper and said, okay, here, let's check, let's try this. You know, it's, it's a budget something. Let me, let me show you what you can do. So I've had several friends ask me, you know, can you help me out? What do you think? So, uh, one of the things that I love doing most is helping people kind of get to Disney. And one of my favorite things is actually going to Disney with people who have never been there before. It's their first time. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do, but I decided that I'm going to talk a little bit about this. And the reason I'm going to make it a series is because it is a lot. I started to type the show notes for this episode and I realized that I could branch off into so many different areas and talk about different things. And the way that I like to do it is talk about an example. So sometimes if I can give you my example of what I have done, you can kind of take that example and mold it to what your family's desires are, what your family's budget is, and how you want to make your trip work. So that's how I kind of decided to do this. I'm going to start with like a basic, you know, description. And then I will also tell you how I was able to do these trips at different points in my life with different budgets. Um, there were times that I was eating bread and water to times that I was booking, you know, dining reservations at the Grand Floridian and anywhere in between there. So I hope that I can kind of help you a little bit and I can maybe give you in, some ideas. And if you are a Disney um, expert, you know, maybe this is, you know, something you don't really need to listen to because I'm sure you've all been there. Or maybe it's something that you can listen to and you know, help your friends. Um, also, please, if you are a Disney expert, email me and contact me on social media and let us let me know what else I can add or what else we can add because, you know, everybody's just trying to help everyone have a good time at Disney. Um, so just reminders before I get started, get really into this, that we did upload a video from Lucy's Food Review at the Food and Wine Festival of 2019. Uh, you can check that out on our YouTube, which is Disney Coffee Chat. Um, you could see her sampling lots of foods and kind of talking about them. And she was so little back then. I know it's only been a, a little over a year, but she's changed so much. And it was, I brought tears to my eyes to see how little her little voice even changed. Um, I also did see a cool video if you want to check out. Uh, that uh, I, that I posted on our Facebook group. It's uh, saying goodbye to 2020 from the animals at Animal Kingdom. The animals at Animal Kingdom, they they put up a cool video of how the animals kind of like said goodbye to 2020. And it's a cute little video if you want to watch it. And it's on our Facebook group if you want to check that out. So, um, yeah, let's, let me, let's talk about how we can get to Disney on a budget. So I guess like, the first thing I always started to do is look at uh, the hotels, you know, and I also obviously look at the more economic choices that, you know, for, um, for resorts, the all-star resorts, you know, we're obviously usually on the, on the lower, the cheaper end, you know, I'm going to say the cheaper end for you. And, um, you know, to me, it was always about a perspective of things, I guess. Uh, there are so many people in this world that can only dream about going, getting to Disney World. And, you know, 
being able to just get myself there and stay in a resort is already such an accomplishment that so many other people in this world will never get to accomplish that that already in itself makes me happy. I don't even need to eat at the best restaurants or buy a ton of souvenirs or even go to all the parks. I'm there. I was able to fly and I'm in a Disney resort and already I'm so far ahead. So blessed and so lucky to be there. So that's already kind of a perspective that you, you need to put your mind in if you're going to do Disney on a budget. You have to kind of look at, you know, the glasses half full. You have to kind of have this perspective of how lucky you are just to be there because so many people never get that opportunity. So I always start that, uh, I start off looking at hotels and I always have booked through Disney, through the My Disney Experience app. Um, I have, Use that because I can compare prices. Um, I can book my trip through there and pay it off slowly. So when you book through there and you book a, a package with, you know, um, park days, you put down a $200 deposit and the trip then has to be paid off 30 days prior to your arrival. So um, you can do your hotel and you can do your park and you can do your dining through there too if you do a dining package. I have only done a dining package one time, and I will talk about that. The hotel, I believe, the rule is if you're if you're only paying for the hotel stay, uh, it, it's it's a little bit different. I think you have to um, the payments are a little different. But if you book, uh, I used to do two parks, so I do two ta- two days of park, and the hotel. I put my two hundred dollar deposit down, and then I pay monthly. And now it's not. Divided equally, you can pay whatever you want per month. They don't automatically deduct it from your credit card. It's not like that you pay $200 deposit and then you set up automatic payments. No, you don't have to pay one month if you can. If you can't, you can double up on one month. You can pay as little or as much as you want as long as the entire trip is paid off before you go. The other reason I like doing that way is because that way when I get there and when I go, I am done paying. There's anything that I have to spend is what I decide to spend there on food or whatever. Um, other than that, my trip is paid for. So it's not like you're on this wonderful vacation and then at the end you're like, whoa, this is crazy bill. No, it's already done. Anything that I spend there is on me. I do not book my flights through the My Disney Experience app because I have a little bit of a different strategy when it comes to flying. Um, and I'm going to also get to that too. So... That being said, I usually start off with like a flexible time period. So if I'm going, let's say, in October, um, here in New York, uh, you know, we have off for Columbus Day and we do have certain other holidays around that time period that kind of rotate on Jewish holidays. Um, however, I usually let's let's for for argument's sake, let's say I'm using the Columbus Day weekend. I am also uh, someone who has pulled my kids out of school to go to Disney World. Um, you know, uh, my kids are 11 and 6, and I've always pulled them out of school. I will usually try to do like a midweek. So let's say I use Columbus Day week, for example. Um, that's a four-day week for the kids, right? So maybe I won't go that weekend, but maybe I'll leave on that Monday. So... And if I pull them out for the rest of the week, they're only missing four days of school as opposed to five. And it's a lot cheaper because I'm going like a Monday to a Friday as opposed to spending a weekend there. However, I will look at 
Sunday to Thursday, or I'll even look at, you know, Thursday to Tuesday. There's a different, a bunch of different ways that I could do, but that's like what I mean by like a flexible time. Um, so that I can see, uh, what the best rates are. And I also can check what the best rates are in flights. And technically, uh, usually w- with booking flights, it's cheaper midweek, you know, or not having a weekend. So I usually start off with a flexible time period that I want to go. Um, always booking through Disney, like I said, and then uh, doing that deposit and paying it off. Uh, I usually do try to compare three resorts and I try to see if there may be some discounts going on, on in those resorts during that week. So for example, sometimes you can get a really good deal on a, on a moderate resort if it's undergoing refurbishment. But now you have to decide what kind of refurbishment are you willing to kind of give up because if I'm doing a budget trip, I'm not spending as much time at the parks as, as, as I usually would do on like a bigger trip where it's a park, park, park. Doing a budget trip, I just want to be in Disney World. Maybe go to Magic Kingdom and one other park. That's how I've always done it. Magic Kingdom and one other park. Magic Kingdom because my kids are small and there's a lot for them to do there and they love it. And then we'll pick one other park and we'll kind of rotate that depending on what we want to do. Is it a food and wine festival and we want to go to Epcot? Is there a new ride at Animal Kingdom that we want to check out? So we kind of rotate that around. But I do... Uh, do always pick Magic Kingdom. That's usually our, our, our center one that we go on. So that being said, I am going to spend some t- more time in my hotel. So I don't want to be in a resort. Okay, oh, great. I'm in a moderate resort and I'm paying, uh, you know, a cheaper price, but the pool is in refurbishment. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to be able to go to the pool. But I remember uh, there was one year where I was able to get the pirate-themed room at the Caribbean Beach for practically the same price as an all-star resort because it was under major refurbishment but the pool wasn't under refurbishment it was more like the dining hall and the um, lobby area and that didn't bother me so I was able to do that and that was really cool because the pirate theme room is obviously cool for kids and the pool is a great pool and it's a moderate resort so I loved it Um, so you always want to check that out you know do compare the three resorts also booking through my Disney and having a my Disney experience account kind of put you on this like email list and you can get offers for discounts so you'll check your email one day and you say hey this hotel that on the week that you're going you know is being offered at a discounted rate and you can modify your reservations even after you've made the deposit no problem at all if it's less um so if it's prior to 30 days uh and it's more than what your trip was originally cost there's no problem and you can anything prior to 30 days is fine anything after 30 days i think it has to do with you can add on but you can't remove so it's kind of you got to kind of read the fine print there and i know that there's been some changes over the years so just read the fine print on that but don't worry about like booking an all-star resort and then three months later changing it to you know uh, Coronado Springs or something like that. It's, uh, you could always change that. That's totally fine. But keep an eye out for those offers. Sometimes we get them coupons or whatever, and then we don't really realize what it is, but you can get a nice offer. And that's how I got it with the Caribbean Beach that time. So I usually try to compare at least three resorts at a time, and you can do that on the website. Um, and then decide, you know, what you want to, you know, where you want to stay. So, 
listen, I've done it different ways. I've done it where like, okay, you know, I cannot afford anything. So I'm only staying at the cheapest resort. I don't care what it is. And that's where you say, hey, you're at Disney. Remember, you're already ahead of so many people who can only dream of it. The other thing that I've done is I've said, okay, you know what? For 20 extra bucks a night, I can stay at this resort, Pop Century. So then I go and I stay at Pop. You know, it, it kind of depends on where you are. So start with that. Am I doing bare minimum, bare bones here? Or can I have a little bit of flexibility to stay at a little bit of a nicer resort? Maybe, maybe not, you know, that's where you want to go. Um, so once you have your uh, hotel booked and you've made your deposit, that's your first, you know, that $200 has to be made within the first three days of booking. Otherwise, you lose a reservation. So once you have that done, now I'm going to start shopping for flights. Now, I, I, I usually start shopping for flights. I usually find that about 60 days, I want to say between 57 and 60 days prior to your departure. I know it can get, that can be kind of scary. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's really like really close to my departure date. But I, I check, check, do some research before, before you even plan your trip right now, go on, go online and find flights for 58, 57, 58, 59, 60 days from, from today and see what those prices are. Now change it and look for 90 days ahead and see which ones are cheaper. And now change it and look for 30 days ahead. And you can kind of do your own little research there. And you're going to find that usually around that mark is when the prices are the cheapest. Also, booking your trip in the middle of the night, like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in the middle of the week, is also going to be around the time where prices are the cheapest. Because those prices, those are the times when the least amount of people are booking flights. So that's when the prices drop in the middle of the night. I work nights. So I'm awake. So at three, two, three o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday into a Wednesday, I can go on and see what's there and buy my flights. Uh, you can also set up alerts. So I use an app called Skyscanner. That's how I've been, I've been using that for a long time now. Um, but I have all different types of, um, trip, um, you know, apps, but you can decide, you can select the flights that you want to keep an eye out on. And when those flight prices drop, you'll get an alert, an instant alert on your phone and you can go and the flight is basically already in your shopping cart and you can kind of check out right there. Just to give you an example, I have the last time I went, I was able to get three round trip tickets for $356 in October to go for the food and wine festival and the Halloween party. Uh, and that's from New York, New York to Orlando round trip. Uh, there have been times that I've gotten it for 450. There have been times that I've gotten it for 400. It depends on when you go, um, and you know, how far in advance you can book it and what your prices are. That being said, you know, so you're looking at $356 to $400, let's say, for those three round trip tickets. My husband doesn't always come with me because he's not that big, big of a Disney fan. So he doesn't mind, um, staying home and kind of having the house to himself for a couple of days. And, uh, I take the kids. So, um, $356 to $400 for the round trip tickets. And then, you know, the hotels, they vary $110, let's say a night. And, you know, you can kind of go from there. You can kind of go on the website, check the hotel out, combine it with two days of park tickets and budget around where you're flying from and how much that's going to cost you. Everything I'm kind of doing, I'm trying to doing from the Northeast because I live in New York and that's how I've done it. But that's how I figured out how to do it also. You know, it is time. You got to go online and you got to check those prices. 
So you can check those prices. And like I said, we always used to pick two parks. And our trips were usually about four to five days, you know. So think about it. Four days, the first day you're getting there, you're just not doing anything. The second, third day you do parks. The fourth day you're done and you're going home. I also try to get flights that are super early in the morning so that I can get there and spend that whole day. Sometimes those are not always the cheapest flights because other people have the same ideas. But, you know, sometimes they are. That being said, you know, you get that early morning flight and you get to Orlando and you go on Magical Express because you're staying at a Disney resort. And you can be at your hotel, you know, and still get breakfast there and go in the pool and hang out and wait until your room is ready. That is a day that kids love. I, I, I'm telling you this. You can take your children to Disney World and you can plan all the park days you want. But they are really going to be super happy at that resort pool. I promise you this. And the resort pools have even at the, the the cheaper resorts, they have poolside activities that cast members come and do. Uh, I when we stayed at Caribbean Beach, Goofy came and they did like a limbo game, and they had tie dyeing. I think you had to just pay for like the shirt, and then you could tie dye shirts and then go back and pick them up later. That was a souvenir that we took home. They play all these uh, fun games and activities poolside with the kids, and they absolutely love it. Some of the resorts even have have like movie nights where they put like a big screen out on the on a lawn somewhere and you watch a movie and eat popcorn. And these are all things that you can do for free at your resort. You don't need to be at the park. And this is what I'm saying about why you can go to Disney and enjoy all of that with your kids without really having to spend all that money at the parks. So you're at your resort. You're at your cheaper cheapest resort. You don't have to rent a car. You can use Disney transportation for free to and from the airport all around the parks. That's what I've always done. And I enjoy the free perks about Disney. And I'll tell you this. Some of the things that I remember the most are those trips that I was uh, the brokest of all time. Because those were the trips that we really made memories without having to just, you know, pay money to be in the park. Those are the trips where we thought about what we were going to do. Um... And planned our days around, you know, memories that we made with doing some of these, like, unconventional, you know, kind of Disney things. So, um, that being said, you know, with the flight. So, now I have my hotel and I have the days around the time when I want to go. And I have my flights and I have the days around the flights where I can, you know, kind of be flexible about that. Um... There are airlines. Some people ask me about the airlines that I prefer. I do prefer... JetBlue. Uh, I think that their prices and their, you know, there's not as many hidden fees with JetBlue. You have to be careful with all airlines and hidden fees now because they have all these different um, fares. You know, they have like the fare where you don't have any bags, the fare where you get to don't pick your seat, the fare where you check a bag. They have all these different fares. So you kind of really do have to just, you know, read a little bit. But I do prefer JetBlue. I like their flexible seating options and I like that their times. Um, they're probably my favorite. Spirit can be a little cheaper. You can save a lot of money on Spirit. But there are a lot of hidden fees that you do have to know about. Uh, I know that also you can get cheaper tickets if you actually go to the airport and purchase them because you don't have to pay like the extra fees. But sometimes then you lose out on that like fee that was had dropped at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So you can, um, can kind of check that out and feel that out for yourself. 
Uh, American and Delta, uh, I've used interchangeably because sometimes I found, you know, like that one flight a day that was super cheap that still had seats on it and I got it. I also have an American Airlines credit card that I got one year. The way that I used, it was like if I, I spent a thousand dollars in the first three months, I got something like 75,000 miles. So what I was able to do is I paid off, um, my Disney hotel room with the card and then use the miles to, uh, purchase, I think like a one way of my tickets so that I then only had to purchase one way back. And so, and then I took the money that I had saved to pay for the resort and just paid down the card. So it was able to kind of like use that advantage that I got with that new card to get those miles right away. So then pay off my trip and pay off and pay off the, and pay half of my plane tickets to go. So you can look into something like that too. Also, if you do have a card, like I had a friend who had a Delta card and she never, she got the card, you know, and then she never really looked into the miles and she had been using this card for years. And when she saw what I, and I explained to her what I had done with the American Airlines card, she said, let me check how many miles. And she actually had enough miles to pay for four round trip tickets um, to Orlando. And she didn't even realize that she had that. So, um, you know, if you have that kind of a card or if you, if you have that option, that's definitely something that you want to look into. The other thing with flying is just be careful that, um, like if you have certain jobs, like if you're a teacher and you can only go during vacation times, those flights are going to be so much more expensive. So I know because I, I, I go in October and I go in May and, you know, I, I try, I avoid February break in New York because we have a winter break there. Flights are very expensive. I avoid any time in April because there's spring break somewhere in the country. And I avoid Christmas time, like holiday times, Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Those flights, those are probably when the flights are most expensive. I know that last year when uh, my family, my, my two kids and my husband, we were planning to go to Florida to spend Christmas with my parents. Four round trip tickets during that week were uh, almost, it was over $2,000. And, you know, just two months before that, I had paid $356 round trip. So that's definitely something that you want to think about when you're planning around the time that you're going. We ended up driving that holiday break because I I'm, I'm I don't mind driving a lot. I like to drive at night. My husband likes to drive at night um, and he likes to drive a lot. And our kids were, you know, kids are so excited to go to Disney World. They're pretty resilient. So we we did the drive, you know, drove there. We stayed about a week and then we drove back. So that saved us a lot of money. You, you know, we spent a couple hundred dollars on gas, but it, it was nothing compared to the over $2,000 we would have spent on round trip tickets. So think about that also. Uh, when you do fly, uh, it, it, there's, you know, kind of like you can save money with the checking bags. So what we usually do, so if there's three of us, it's m- myself and my two kids, I sometimes will check one bag and uh, everyone else will just have a, a little backpack that they carry on. And that way I'm not paying for everybody to check a bag or I'll try to just make it a carry on. I know that like now that my son is older and he doesn't need to be carried and I don't have to, you know, have the extra stuff, he can carry his own backpack and stuff. Uh, I don't check the bag. I, I, I carry it on. But uh, when he was younger and I needed more hands to help him and my daughter was younger, then I checked one bag. Also, that being said, I believe that there's some airlines now that will charge you for a check for a carry on. That is above a certain size. And sometimes I've seen that that carry-on charge is actually more expensive than checking the bag. So then you might want to say to yourself, okay, let me check the bag. There's also um, 
like I think spirit has you're allowed to bring a carry on that's up to a certain size. After that, you have to pay for a carry on fee. Um, that usually is like the size of like a big backpack. So you know, if you really are going for only four days or so, how much do you really need to bring that you can't fit into like a small backpack? Toiletries, you can use the hotel toiletries. Um, if you're bringing a sweater or jacket, wear it, you know, on the plane. And so you can kind of like roll your little clothes up and like pack them up nicely and put them in, in a carry-on backpack so you don't have to pay that stuff. That's a way that you can kind of get away with the fees. The other thing is, from what I understand and from what my experiences have been in the past, if you are, when you're booking your flight, sometimes they'll charge you extra to pick your own seats. Um, from what I understand and from what I've been told by, by certain airline employees, if you are traveling with someone who is under the age of 14, uh, even if you don't pick your seats, I don't think that they can separate you because you're, you're traveling with a minor, you know, you have to be with that child. So, uh, I have not paid for, to pick the seats and I, I've always been able to sit with my kids. So, uh, I don't know if that's a risk you're willing to take. I don't know if maybe I was misinformed with that information, but that is what I've heard and that is what I've always experienced. I've never paid that extra fee to pick my own seats and I've always been able to sit with my family, with my kids anyway. Um, so just, yeah, remember you, when you do bring the carry on, you can, you know, you have to adhere to all the, the, the rules about liquids and everything like that, but you can get those toiletries, like I said, at the hotel later on. Um, I, when I'm, when I'm traveling with my kids on the plane and especially when I'm going to Disney, I try to eliminate, eliminate, or like at least limit toys for them because, you know, they think they want to bring all their toys and to keep themselves occupied. But honestly, like for my daughter, it's a book, her iPad, some headphones. Um, that's enough, you know, like you're going to Disney and you don't need much. Um, it's basically airport time and airplane time. Other than that, they're not going to need toys and all that stuff to, to keep them occupied because they're going on vacation to Disney World. They usually have like a soft, like unbulky kind of a blanket, something that like rolls up really small and maybe a neck pillow. And a lot of times what I do with their neck pillow, if they don't have a button that kind of connects the neck pillow, I'll, I'll sew one on there myself. So they can hang that on the outside of their bag. So if they're going with their just their backpacks, instead of stuffing that neck pillow inside their backpacks, they can clip it to the to the strap on the outside, and it makes the backpack less bulky. Uh, we bring an empty water container, and that is our thermos because we also don't spend money on drinks and things at the park. We always bring our thermoses because you can get free ice water at any quick service place in the parks. It is absolutely free. Ice water is free in Disney. All you need is your thermos. Um. We do bring our own snacks on the plane. So now, you know, this is again like a level of budgeting that, you know, you need to decide for your family. Are you going to bring your own snacks from home? Bring, you know, a granola bar, a bag of chips, peanut butter sandwich, whatever it is that you want to bring and you have that in your bag. I know that at Orlando Airport before, I had to take all my food out of my bag to be inspected, um, which was I had never seen before. And it's a funny story. This was on my way home from the uh, Halloween party where the kids get to trick-or-treat. And we had a an entire backpack filled with candy from trick-or-treating that I had to take out and have inspected um, at security. So, you know, that was like a weird thing that had not really happened to me before, but rules are always changing and there are rules. So, you, you know, you just have to kind of, it's a forewarning to be expected. 
Um, what I have done in the past is because it's also one of those things that my kids just love to do. And it's a little thing that I can do is I could say, okay, you know, as long as we have time, when we get to the airport, you can go to the snack stand and you can each get a drink and a snack for the plane. And they like to do that. They run in and they say, can I have a soda? And can I have this? And then we get that. And that's our plain food. So we don't buy like those boxes on the plane. I know that um, some people make like these little bento box types things for their kids. Um, you know, they'll get like a one of those plastic like bento type boxes with all the little compartments. And then they'll put like some raisins, some grapes, some cheese, some crackers. And each each of their kids will get one and they can bring that with them. Uh, that's even also really cute to do for car rides if you wanted to do that. Um, when you're flying, also remember one thing with strollers. So most airlines will allow you to check your stroller or and a car seat for free. So I know that when I went with Spirit, I did have to bring my son's car seat. And I was worried that they were going to charge me a checked bag fee. But I did I was did some research and I read about it and they didn't. So I think uh, I believe that it, a stroller and a, and a car seat will can be checked for free. But double check with your airline. Um, and they also allow you to take your stroller all the way to the gate, you know, so if you have a small child and you need to travel to the airport with, with a stroller, you know, you'll have to break it down to go through security, but you can keep that stroller, which is even as my son got a little older, I still brought like a, I don't want to say an umbrella stroller because those aren't really sturdy, but like, you know, something that was easily foldable so that I could put a bag on it. I can have a cup holder on it. You know, he could sit on it and I get super cranky and, um, I was able to take that stroller all the way to the gate. Also, remember that if you are traveling with small children, sometimes you do get to board the plane a little bit earlier because obviously you need more time to settle in. So just remember that and keep an uh, an, an ear out for that when they announce that when they're boarding your flight. But you can take your stroller all the way to the gate. When you get to the gate, you'll tell the, the gate agent there that you want to gate check your stroller and they'll give you a special tag. And then you bring your stroller all the way to the door of the plane. When you get to the door of the plane, you'll, you'll probably see other strollers there, strollers, wheelchairs, uh, you know, car seats or whatever. And, um, you make sure your tag is on there. You, you, you fold it up and you leave it at the door and they usually bring it right down the side stairway there and they'll put it underneath the plane. Uh, and most of the time, and I say most of the time because there was one time about a year ago where this did not happen to me. It was the first time in my life where it didn't happen to me. But most of the time, when you get off of the plane, the stroller is there waiting for you kind of in the same place where you had dropped it off right outside the door of the plane. Because if you're traveling with a small child, obviously, when you get off the plane, you need your stroller to put the child back in. However, there was one time about a year ago where I got off of the plane and I said, where's my stroller? And they said, it'll be a baggage claim. And I was like, why would my stroller be a baggage claim? I need my stroller to put my child in so that I can walk through the airport. And they said, oh, no, we don't we don't do that. That is not true. Your stroller is supposed to be there for you when you get off of the plane because if you are traveling with an infant or you're traveling with a small child, you shouldn't be expected to have to carry um, your stuff and your child all the way through the airport, all the way to baggage claim, especially if you're traveling internationally where you'd have to go through, um, you know, like uh, customs and, and border patrol before you were even able to get your bag. That's unacceptable. Don't let that happen. You need your stroller. Um I actually didn't say anything that day because my son was five and he can walk. His stroller was more was being brought more for, you know, the park purposes. So I, I was like, fine. I was a little irritated because, you know, we had to carry more stuff now. Um, so just remember that. But I assure you that is not normal. <laughs> and so usually the stroller is there when you get 
out of the park. Uh, also remember like a, a little thing that you can forget but can be can be a really big inconvenience is if you have anything on your stroller that can easily fall off. For example, for me, it was my cup holder. My cup holder was like an attachment to the side of my stroller. Um, and I forgot, you know, so there was uh, one year where I had my stroller and I put it outside and I, you know, they brought it to the belly of the plane. And when I got my stroller back, the cup holder was gone. And that is very inconvenient when you're walking around Disney World and you need a kind of a cup holder to put your drink or your iced coffee or your water or whatever it is that you want. Um, so there was the next time I did that with the same stroller, I got a new cup holder. I put the stroller and it went down the, the little like slide that it goes down to the end. And I yelled down to the other, uh, worker that was on the bottom and I said can you please give me my cup holder and he took my cup holder he said I said just pull it and he pulled it out and he tossed it up the thing <laughs> to me and I caught it and uh, I was like I'm so sorry but I really need this cup holder <laughs> it was funny it was a funny moment um so just remember that if you do have anything on the stroller that can easily be broken or taken taken off take it with you or don't even put it on the stroller like keep it in your bag until you get to your you know your hotel um so if my advice to you is like a lot of people have asked me like, oh, my son is five and he doesn't use a stroller. Obviously, you know, five and six year old for the most part, you're not using a stroller anymore. Um, so they're like, oh, I'm not going to bring my stroller. My advice to you is if you have an older child and you think maybe you don't need the stroller, take the stroller. Uh, you know your child best, you know, but this is just my opinion. If you think you don't need the stroller, my advice is to take the stroller because it's a lot. Disney World is a lot for anybody. You know, you can walk miles and miles and miles a day. It can be hot. It can be early mornings and it can be late nights. And children, just like adults, are going to get tired. So why not bring the stroller? It is not that much of an inconvenience. In a way, I find it even more of a convenience. I know that I can put stuff in the basket under the stroller. I know that I have a cup holder if I want to put someone's drink down. I know that I can hang my backpack on the back of the stroller. And it's not that much of an inconvenience for me. I personally enjoy having the stroller. Um, it helps, you know, they have stroller parking everywhere. So uh, just, you know, you, anywhere you go, you can park your stroller. Uh, just a, a, a little bit more of advice is if you are bringing a stroller, bring something really bright and identifying for your stroller. There's been, you know, you can get those little uh, battery operated fairy lights. So you can put that on your stroller at night, some really bright, colorful ribbon. So that way you can easily identify your stroller in a sea of strollers. I also know that there's some new, uh, I, I can try to, you know, get more information on it next episode. These new uh, kind of like locks that you can put on your stroller because, uh, you know, few and far between I have heard of strollers gone going missing. It's personally never happened to me, knock on wood or anyone that I know, but I have heard it. So I know that there's like these little stroller locks that you can kind of put on it so that um, no one can walk away with your stroller. So that's my advice on strollers. That's my spiel on strollers. Um, if you don't want to bring your own personal stroller and you want to rent one of those park strollers, you can absolutely do that. I have done that before. Um, just remember that those are, uh, I think they're about $15 a day for the single uh, I mean, 20 or 25 for the double. And you can't bring them, they don't recline. So like, you know, if you have a kid that might take a nap or fall asleep, they don't really recline. And just remember that you can't take them outside of the park. So yes, you have to break down your stroller before you get on the bus. Like if you're taking 
Disney bus back to your resort from the park to your resort, you have to break down the stroller. So just remember that. Like if you have a ton of stuff underneath or you have a ton of stuff hanging on it and it's your turn to get on the bus and your toddler's sleeping and you're working on trying to put the stroller away, keep that in mind when you're waiting for your bus and when you're exiting the park. Take all of that stuff out. Make it easy for you to close your stroller. Try to even keep, if you can, keep, if you're by yourself, you know, and you ha- don't have anybody to hold um, a sleeping toddler for you, try to keep them awake, you know, g- you know, give them something, a drink maybe at that point or something, a little, little chips or something that they can snack on. Um, try to keep them awake so that way it's easier for you to get on the bus. You can just break down the stroller and bring it on the bus. However, sometimes it's a long walk from the exits of the park back to the public transportation and... If you don't have your own stroller, you do have to drop off your stroller at the exit of the park. And that can be kind of like long walk for to carry a, a young one if you need to. Um, I guess the, the one one after this, I'm going to stop a little bit because uh, I think I'm, I'm I'm going on and on. And I, I, like I said, I could probably talk about this forever. It's definitely one of my favorite things to talk about. But uh, that being said, I just want to just just touch base a little bit on flying versus driving. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, like, should I fly or should I drive? Uh, let's face it, you know, driving there, there is way more exciting than driving back. That being said, there are a few things that I always like to consider when comparing the two. I guess the first thing is where exactly are you driving from? You know, are you driving from, um, Oregon or are you driving from Georgia? So, um, I'm driving from the Northeast. I'm driving from New York. I've easily made this trip with two drivers. And when I say easily, you know, I mean that two drivers comfortable driving long hours, driving during the night and driving during the rain because it can rain a lot. Um, If you have anyone who's not comfortable driving on highways, anyone who's not comfortable driving at night, uh, it may not work. Uh, So we, uh, my husband and I, two drivers, both like to drive, both comfortable driving at night. Um, My husband played in a, a punk rock band when he was younger so he drove all over the country he's been on tour everywhere he's very comfortable driving um i also like to drive i actually especially like to drive at night so we both have that to our advantage our kids you know both the six and eleven they have their own ipads their own headphones and you know while we're driving we give them access to the internet through our phone hotspots so um i know there's other ways you can do that so they have their things that they do and you know they're 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 pretty comfortable being in the car uh, we also have a big, uh, we have a big pickup truck and there's a lot of space inside. Um, and that kind of helps them stretch out a little bit. I have a smaller Jeep that I actually would rather drive if I was driving down to Florida, but I know that that wouldn't be as comfortable for everyone else. So we, we usually take his pickup. Um, I have done this trip straight through from New York city without staying overnight anywhere. Um, uh, last year when we left, when we went for the holiday for Christmas, we left our house around 5 a.m., and the roads were really clear and empty. Uh, and the kids, you know, they woke up, but then they fell right back to sleep for the first couple hours. We stopped for breakfast and lunch. And then we also stopped um, at like a Cracker Barrel, which is one of my favorite places to stop at for dinner. Uh, however, unfortunately, that, that night it rained for about nine hours of our trip, the last nine hours. And I don't mean like, you know, it was raining. It was torrential, torrential raining where I had to drive probably the maximum at like 40 miles per hour at some point. 
So, um, uh, you know, we did decide that we were going to make this trip straight through. Unfortunately, um, it took us like over 21 hours because of how slow we had to drive during the rain. Um, but you know, we were good. You know, we, we, we made it. You know, we, we switched up our driving. We made sure we were both fresh and, and we stopped when we needed to. And, 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 you know, as long as you're safe and you know yourself and you're not pushing yourself while you're really tired, you should be absolutely fine. Um, like I said, it would have been a much shorter trip by maybe three or four hours if it hadn't been such bad weather. Um, so like if you're ever uncomfortable, always stop. You can always get a hotel. You know, it's better safe than sorry. When we, um, do stop for hotels, there's, we use another app called Hotels Tonight. Uh, it kind of, it's a, it's an app that gives you the hotels for that night are like a really uh, significant discount because they're, they're not being booked. So you can get them for last minute for, for a lot cheaper. So they put them on this app and you can get like nice hotels, you know, you know, nice, nice, you know, I'm not sleeping on like some seedy roadside motel. You can get like nice little hotels for like 50% off last minute and it's, you know, super easy. So if you, if you need to do that, yeah, that's an app that I definitely would use. Um, on our way back from the trip from from the, from Orlando that year, we did um, make the mistake of leaving a later in the day. And of course, it's you know we didn't want to leave, and we're kind of still on vacation. We didn't really have to be back. We wanted to kind of come back early, and we left later in the day, and we had to stay overnight. We did not make that trip straight through. Um, a good place to stay is um, I, I always say it's somewhere in the Carolinas is a is a good place to stay um it's kind of like you know right around halfway um you've done a good chunk of the trip I, i've usually always stayed in north carolina uh there was nice hotels off of uh, 95 there um that we were able to get for you know cheap and you know there was food and restaurants and things around and we were able to eat dinner and have a decent nice sleep in a nice hotel get up early in the morning quick breakfast and back out on the road by like nine o'clock so um i guess that's my advice if you're coming from the northeast somewhere in the carolinas is good either coming or going um if you are staying overnight in a hotel uh my advice to you is to pack like your essentials and in, in, in a small duffel bag. So like a, a pajamas, change of clothes, you know, toothbrush, any vitamins or medicines that you might need, chargers, whatever. Put that all in a, in a small duffel bag so that you don't have to unpack all of your stuff just for, you know, a couple hours in the hotel. Now, that being said, I, I'm not comfortable leaving all of my bags in my car overnight. So I'm not saying not to bring your bags, but don't you don't have to open them then, you know, you can just kind of like use that one duffel bag and it's faster and easier to, to deal with, with things like that. Um, in our car, we had a cooler. We packed it with water bottles, juice boxes, oranges, bananas, pretzels, chips, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, baby wipes. You know, we had the, that, we kind of put that in the, like the back seat floor in the middle. So it was easy for everybody to kind of grab and, and, and take whatever they needed. I think gas ended up costing us about $300 each way or something like that. can't really remember. Uh, my husband was usually the one filling the tank. So it was definitely way cheaper. I wouldn't say probably about a quarter of the price that we would have paid, uh, you know, buying those over $2,000 round trip tickets. Um, you know, but that was that time of the year and there was four of us. And so it was easy for us to do the driving. And if it was just me and my two kids, I wouldn't have been able to. Um, 
you can try, if possible, to work your trip around an off-peak time where flights are really cheap and you don't have to do that driving. Um, so, you know, I love the fact that I can wake up in New York and be having lunch at the Poly <laughs> at the same day. Um, however, you know, I'm also not a fan of flying. I get a little bit of anxiety when I fly. So, um, you know, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages of both. So I do love early morning flights to Disney. I love getting there early, uh, and then after late afternoon flights coming home. So you're kind of like not losing that day, getting there or coming back. Um, those are not always the cheapest flights, but sometimes they are. So, you know, it's up to you. So I guess that's the, uh, some of the things that I kind of like wanted to talk about right now in terms of like budgeting. I'm going to get more, you know, I'm going to dive deeper into it a little bit more. I'm going to kind of give you some of the prices about of what I've spent in some of these, um, vacations before but these are all things that you can definitely do on your own go to disney and just start pricing the vacations like it's that first step you know and don't think that you have to go to every park don't think that you have to eat breakfast lunch and dinner at, at a restaurant or at a quick service we're going to get to all of that stuff start with the cheapest hotel can you afford to do that in the next couple of months or in the next year or however long it's going to take you then just remember that 200 dollar deposit can go down and you can start paying that vacation off now talk to your family hey guys we're going to go to two parks two parks if you have older kids and you want to do park hoppers, you can add that option to your park. So that way you can maybe go to all of the parks. My kids are small. They don't need to go to both. It's a lot for me. So we do two parks. Um, in the past, we've done two parks, you know, so that's a way to save. You, you know, remember, you can watch movies at your hotel. You can spend time at your resort. You can resort hop, check out other places. There are so many things to do, and we're going to get through all of that stuff. But here's the number one thing you will probably be able to do a Disney vacation that you thought you might not be able to do for a long time. I promise that. Okay. So stay with me. Um, talk to me if you have any questions. Give me some feedback. Let me know specifically if anything that you want to talk about. And I will try to help you because I am telling you, I was the type of person that was struggling to keep my you know, my car payment on time. And I was still able to kind of make these trips happen whether they revolved around birthday presents, Christmas presents, you know, this is, you know, we're going to, it's Christmas time. I know you want to go to Disney. Here's a couple of Disney gift cards. Hey kids, it's Christmas time. You know, we're not going to do a thousand dollar worth of presents. We're going to Disney world. There's different ways that you can do this. And there's different ways that you can plan it out. We spend money on so many things that we don't even realize. If we took that money and kind of applied it to these little monthly payments, Within a certain amount of time, you can definitely be starting your Disney countdown. And that's another thing we're going to talk about. Different ways to do Disney countdowns. Um, I'm excited. I hope I help you out. Um, you know, I'm sorry, mom, if you, you've heard this from me about a thousand times, maybe you can be on the show and talk to me about it too. Um, I do, I have so many more things about, I'm going to talk about during this series. So hopefully, um, you'll hear back from me very soon. And I hope you all check out our Facebook page, Disney Coffee Chat. Join our group. Talk to me there. Email me, Disney Coffee Mat, Disney Coffee Chat at gmail.com. Check out our Etsy, Black Pearls and Pixies. Keep checking because we have new designs all the time. Check out our storefront on tpublic.com. Check out our Instagram. Uh, check out Lucy's video of the food and wine review on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, Disney Coffee Chat. And, um, yeah, I'll see you guys all real soon and have a magical day. Bye.